Connecting Coaches Cognition. Coaching with Courtney and Christensen. As a busy coach, you spend all day refueling, revamping, and reflecting with educators. Now is the time to stop and recharge your batteries with some much-needed coaching for the coach. Welcome back to another episode of C3. I'm Courtney Groskin, and I'm here with Violet Christensen. Violet, what's new in your world? Well, we're just trying to settle into a new school year after a whirlwind summer of adventures and and day trips and vacation. We are just trying to adjust. So my girls and I are trying to settle into a new year and um, my husband actually has a new job. So just getting our new routine where I'm on pickup and he's on drop off and it's the first time that um, my girls will not be together in after school care. So they're still adjusting to that and kind of missing one another since they've been sidekicks for quite a long time here through COVID and, and just the start of um, all of summer. So we're just trying to adjust. It's it's a little bit of a shell shock, but we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. Are you adjusting to a new year? Yeah, just trying to get back in the swing of things. We're starting a new coaching model. So just finding time to sit down with principals and grab them to get things up and running and you know, checking in with staffs to make sure they're doing okay, getting back into the routine of working outside of the home and um, back to being masked at work. So, you know, we're still living the pandemic life and making things work. What's your coaching win this month? I know we're going to start a new segment and hopefully some of our listeners will be sending in their coaching wins. But in the meantime, what's your win this month? My win this month was just starting um, hot off the press. So I was able to start at a new site last year and kind of build in even through pandemic teaching and coaching. And I had um, quite a few educators who were ready to jump in and start coaching cycles prior to school, even starting, which um, is a huge, yeah, it's a huge, cute coaching win to me that they were kind of like almost knocking down the door saying, no, I want you first. Um, And teams trying to decide who gets priority um, for that first cycle. So I had one of my educators who was like, I want to set up my classroom for success. And we were going through all of the routines and procedures and really thinking through how to model those best for her students. And um, so it was just amazing to have some cycles already started before school started. And um, now just giving them a moment's break in that first week of school, and then we'll jump right back in once they get their feet about them as well. So that was just something that really touched my coaching heart and was fun to start the year with. But um, what is your coaching win for August, Courtney? It's always fun when uh, teachers are seeking you out to start a cycle even before the school year starts. Absolutely. So my coaching when I had a building last year that I got assigned to, I think it was mid-October, so really at the height of the pandemic. So I'd only been there a few times in person. So it was really a chance for me to get into the building. And I happened to go for one of their first staff meetings, and it turned out they had no air conditioning. And we sat for about two hours in masks, um, just sweat dripping, you know. But they, no one was complaining. They just did what they needed to do. Um, So I, you know, as a coach, always look for an opportunity of how can we build those relationships and kind of fill a hole. So I ran out to the supermarket and bought a ton of ice cream bars and things and stocked the freezer in the teacher's lounge with ice cream and just had the secretary make an announcement that there was an impromptu ice cream party. So that kind of helped um, build in. And then I went back the next day and at last second, they added another round of kindergarten and 
uh, the interventionist was trying to clean out the room. So I just rolled up my sleeves and kind of dug in and helped empty the classroom and help set it up for the new kindergarten teachers. So once they were hired, they would walk into a space that was welcoming to them. So just really looking for opportunities that aren't necessarily based on coaching, but on relationship building. So people knew, you know what, I'm dedicated to the building. If you need help, if it's carrying boxes, I can do that. So Violet, can you tell us a little bit about the Interdistrict Coaching Collaborative? I know we have an opportunity for our listeners to sign up. Absolutely. We are actually going into our fourth year of the Interdistrict Coaching Collaborative. And this is a course that you can actually get graduate level credit um, in order to practice your coaching with other coaches. So it is a place where we can really reflect refine and elevate our coaching practices by having that intentional space to just practice coachings, coaching with other coaches. And as we always discuss, every coach needs a coach and being able to do that intentional practice and also be able to get some meta coaching in really is helping these educators to be able to develop their coaching craft. So we would love to have you join us for the Interdistrict Coaching Collaborative this year. If that is something that you would like to get off your coaching island, and you can find that in the show notes, the link to the Interdistrict Coaching Collaborative, or else you can always go to our C3 podcast website, which is connectingcoachescognition.weebly.com. So you can find that information there, and we hope to have you jump in this year and join us. And you have to sign up before October. So if you're listening to this episode a little late, hopefully you've caught this before October and can get signed up and attend that first meeting with us. So today we have Kathy Perrette. She is an instructional coaching consultant and co-author of the Coach Approach to School Leadership, ASCD 2017, and Compassionate Coaching, another ASCD 2021. As the founder of Kathy Perrette, consulting, she empowers school leaders, instructional coaches, and classroom teachers in their professional growth. With over 30 years of experience in the field, Kathy hosts on-site and virtual professional learning for educators across the world. Educators directly impact student growth and performance, and Kathy is dedicated to improving experiences and outcomes for both adults and kids. She believes everyone deserves a coach, and that includes teachers, instructional coaches, and school leaders. We also have Kenny McKee, who is the co-author, along with Kathy Perrette, of the 2021 ASCD title, Compassionate Coaching, How to Help Educators Navigate Barriers to Professional Growth. He currently works as a content designer for NWEA, and Kenny has also served as a social media and professional learning consultant with Student Achievement Partners. Kenny's coaching experience comes from working as a high literacy and instructional coach for 11 years in Asheville, North Carolina. Kenny is a national board certified teacher who has taught middle school and high school English language arts. He has also taught reading courses for the for college students and teacher preparation programs. He has authored educational blog posts for student achievement partners, Smart Brief, Virtual Job Shadow, Simbi, Teach Thought, and NEA. In 2014, Kenny was selected as an ASCD Emerging Leader, and he is still an active member in ASCD's Emerging Leaders Affiliate. All right. We are super excited to have both Kathy and Kenny here with us today in order to dive deeper into amazing coaching concepts. Thank you guys for joining with us and just giving us your time. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. We are excited to share you with our listeners. And we always just want to start with understanding your road in education. And if you guys could both take a moment to share with us your background in education, how you got into coaching and what you're doing right now. 
Uh, well, I'll start us off. I probably have the longest bit of experience. Um, I have 18 years of classroom experience at both ele upper elementary level and um, with ESL. And the rest of my 30 plus years, I have been working as a consultant. Uh, most of that's been with an area education agency and I've worked in the area of literacy, school improvement, ESL, data analysis and coaching. Um, I have my master's in a professional educator and as well as some endorsements in administration, reading and ESL. Um, when I think about my coaching journey, I first got exposed to coaching when I was asked to support some elementary buildings with a reading grant that they were involved in. And later my agency switched us all to instructional coaches. So I was able to receive some extensive training from Jim Knight, Steve Barkley, Diane Sweeney. Um, and uh, once I learned what instructional coaching was and the research behind it, and the benefits for teachers and kids, I was hooked. And so um, the rest is history. I've been working in this area for quite a long time, and I love it. So um, I started my career as an English language arts teacher. I taught middle and high school ELA for nine years. Um, and then I also have a, a master's in reading, and I'm certified as a K-12 reading specialist. And I worked as a high school literacy and instructional coach for 11 years. And currently I'm working as a content designer for NWEA and I'm doing some consulting as well. Um, in 2007, I had an opportunity to lead a residential professional learning program here in North Carolina. It's called NCAT. It's the um, North Carolina Center for the Advancement of Teaching. And it's really cool. You get to go to these campuses. There's one in the mountains of North Carolina and there's one on Ocracoke Island in the um, Outer Banks and teachers can go there for three or four days and they're immersed in professional learning. And uh, I'm a national board certified teacher and I got um, certified to become a national board uh, support provider. And in that I got hired to be a, a lead um, consultant for one of their residential programs. And I worked with other teachers supporting them on uh, their national board process. And so, I got the bug. I got the bug, so to speak, with, for working with teachers and adult learning. And um, I was really fulfilled by that work. Um, and so at that, after that point, I saw more opportunities to work in professional learning, work with um, coaching teachers. And eventually in my district, there was an opening for a new um, the high school literacy instructional coach position in 2010. And I applied for that. And to my surprise, I got it. Woohoo. You both come with such a wealth of knowledge and um, a rich background. And that was so evident as I was reading your new book, Coaching with Compassion, that really resonated and came through um, with that passion and love for coaching and the ease in which it was to read. So I really appreciate that. Can you talk about the process of writing your newly re released book, Compassionate Coaching, and tell us a little bit about how you came together to collaborate on this project? and also um, how COVID impacted your process? Well, it's actually been quite of a long process <laughs> of, of how it all evolved. Um, uh, uh, Kenny and I met through the EduCoach chat that I had started um, along with Jessica Johnson and Cheryl Leibowitz 10 years ago. And 
we kind of connected through various projects. We started our blogs together at about the same time and we supported each other through that work. Uh, we met at an ASCD conference real quick for a, a, a conversation and a quick picture. And Kenny can even locate that picture because <laughs> he has it handy. So at ASCD, we just kind of connected. Um, we started to have some Voxer conversations um, several years ago, I think, just to talk about what was kind of missing in the area of coaching, because we know there are so many great books out there and great content, and but we just felt like something was missing. So in those conversations, our topic emerged. Um, you know, Kenny lives in North Carolina. I live in Iowa. You know, we've only met once in person. So the entire book was written virtually um, through Google Docs and Zoom. And you asked about how COVID impacted it. I, I, half the book was written during the COVID experience. And along with some of our own family losses at the time. So I think this gave us an opportunity to experience the barriers that we wrote about and actually address them at a deeper level because we were experiencing lack of confidence. We were experiencing disruption, isolation, you know, for one. Um, and so experiencing those and coaching each other through those challenging situations helped actually bring to light what others might need in those situations. It's really beautiful how your story and your vulnerability is what's mirrored in your chapters of your book and that educators can share in that journey with you and see how you're able to break down some of those barriers and that how that book, it's just, I, I just think of how that book would be so different if it wasn't written in this time and that you were able to transcend time and space like our educators were trying to do with their students and still being able to reach your your coachees, if you will, and be able to coach yourself through it. I love how it all comes back to that center set line of good communication and coaching one another to, to end up with a great coaching book. And so let's let's drill in a little deeper in on that. And in your book, Compassionate Coaching, what was your favorite chapter? Because I'm sure you're not willing to outline all of them. We would love to talk about every single um, barrier and how we could address those. But if you could just choose one or two that you really resonate with you, what chapter was your favorite to write? And what do you think is super important for every coach or educator to hear? And you know, what nuggets can you share about addressing those barriers? Well, I guess for me, because I've always talked about helping coaches coach with confidence, that the chapter three coaching through lack of confidence was probably a favorite to write. Um, and in that chapter, in every chapter, we have a compassionate coaching focus that goes along with the barriers. And so our compassionate coaching focus for lack of confidence is just a stronger partnership with teachers. Um, and like all the other um, chapters, we offer ideas to work with those teachers and in this case, a teacher who lacks um, confidence in themselves and ideas on how the coach can break that barrier for themselves. So in this chapter, we take a look at helping teachers name strengths, um, help them build a stronger self-efficacy, and actually diving into the elements of coaching cycles, especially in the areas of co-planning, co-teaching, and co-reflecting. Um, you know, as I think of a nugget, I kind of um, switch it back to my work with coaching coaches. Um, I see a lot of coaches that receive a lot of great training. They've read a lot of books. Um, 
and they're motivated to partner with teachers, yet they often lack confidence themselves, especially when implementing a coaching cycle. Um, our first instinct is to imitate what we saw in a training or read about, uh, and we walk through those components. But once we do that, we soon realize that it's not so much about the components as it is about the teachers, uh, the students, um, and our partnership together. And so in writing the book, it helps coaches build their own confidence to respond to the needs of individual teachers. Uh, we're thrilled that we see teachers read the book straight through the summer or when they get it, and then they can use it as that guide to go back to and locate which chapter is going to resonate with a certain teacher. Right, right. I would say that my, my favorite chapter is chapter seven, which is coaching through school culture challenges. Um, because I got to share a lot of the work I've done over the years in that chapter. And we also were able to include a lot of voices from people that we interviewed in that chapter. We, we, that's one of the chapters that I really love because there's so many voices that come shining through in that one chapter. Um, Kathy and I have laughed about that chapter a lot because we feel like it could have been its own book. I'm not sure how long it is in the, the printed published version, but I think our, our file was like 47 pages long and <laughs> ASCD was wonderful in editing that chapter down to, I think maybe 20 some, um, I think the most important chapter in the book to read is chapter one, charting a course for effective coaching. It is not about the barriers per se, but what beliefs and actions are vital to the integrity and the impact of our work as coaches for coaches who haven't much for coaches who have not had much training and who don't have a school or district with a strong vision of coaching. I think that chapter is essential. Um, as far as a nugget, I'll relate it back to Chapter 7, um, the one about school culture challenges, and our compassionate coaching focus in that chapter is openness. Um, I see coaching as a vehicle for growing and empowering teacher leadership in the school. Um, coaches can build a lot of influence that has ripple effects on teaching and learning as a whole when they seek to, um, when they seek to collaborate with teacher leaders or potential teacher leaders um, they will not be seen as trying to fix people then. Those teacher leaders can be an important leverage for shifting the culture or actions of the school because they are most influential on their colleagues, even more so than the coach. There's such power in that, um, you know, and it makes me excited to dive into a new year of coaching and building that collective efficacy with the educators that we support. What advice would you give for framing the beginning of the year to set yourself up to help promote collective efficacy? And what do you do to help sustain this over time? Yeah, I think that one of the most important things you can do is, again, to continue that work with teacher leadership. And so um, I think it's really important to uh, establish, if you don't already have, have one, some form of a professional learning team in your school. That could be something like a, a literacy leadership team. It might be an extension of the school improvement team. Um, and with that team, with those teachers on that team, I would work on creating a framework for public teaching around school-wide instructional practices or a school-wide instructional goal. Now, when we talk about public teaching, um, 
we use a definition from Sapphire and West, which basically means that we make teaching public to other educators in the building because all teaching is public teaching, right? Kids are in the room, right? But when we're talking about public teaching, we're talking about teaching that other educators can observe. And it sets the expectation that teaching is worth studying and it helps teachers learn from one another. And so some of the examples that we talk about in the book of public teaching structures are learning walks, um, peer coaching, consultancy protocols, um, and lab sites. And depending on the school, the size of the school, and, you know, what types of public teaching they may have done before, the culture of the school at the current rate, how used they, how used, how used to the teachers are to opening their classrooms, um, all that plays a factor in which of those public teaching structures would be best for helping teachers learn from one another and build collective efficacy towards a goal. I love your framing of public teaching. I've never heard it used that way. And I feel like when we're talking about instructional walkthroughs or just observations, there's a level of trepidation that just happens when you say that word that teachers tighten up a bit. Um, but when we're talking about public teaching, I'm, I'm deciding what I'm putting out there to be public and being able to be reflective in the realm in which I'm comfortable with and meeting them where they are is just such a beautiful thing as a coach. And I just, um, you can hear very much clairvoyantly the compassion and how you are honoring the person in front of you and truly making sure that you're meeting their needs. And it, it just, I love to hear that. I'm going to be using that moving forward, public teaching um, with my educators. And we know that you guys are amazing at sharing things publicly and trying to spread your message and making sure that you're able to impact and spread this this, um, capacity building as far and as wide as you possibly can. So Kathy, you you had touched on it earlier, but we'd like to hear even a little bit more from you as to um, tell us about the EduCoach, the hashtag EduCoach chat on Twitter, because this is something that we've gotten to connect with you with and also meet lots of other people who we have glommed onto and brought into our PLN. And so we know it's super powerful and especially even in this moment. And we wanted to hear a little bit more. Can you tell us a little bit? Sure. Well, you know, I'll preface like I was a connected educator back in the 90s. Now you guys are all pretty young. And so to even think that um, I used uh, instant message uh, in different ways to connect with teachers and learn and grow through different platforms. So when, and I credit Jim Knight for helping me understand Twitter because during some of his training, he was sharing about hashtags and such. And so it really got me thinking after that as a coach, was there any Twitter chats out there for coaches? So about 10 years ago, I actually returned 10, um, the end of July, uh, I started looking. I felt isolated as a coach. I started thinking back to my time in the 90s when I felt connected and I couldn't find a chat, so I just sent out a tweet one night that just said, does anyone know of one? Because it doesn't mean it's not out there if I can't find it. Or would somebody like to help start one? And nobody was responding about knowing of one, but Jessica Johnson and Cheryl Leibowitz both responded very quickly that they would like to help develop a chat. Um, So we set aside Wednesday nights um, to chat at eight o'clock Central Standard Time, nine o'clock um, Eastern Standard Time. And we chat each week. We have special guests now coming in on about the third Wednesday. We just had Jennifer Abrams on the last Wednesday. Uh, 
and it's a way for coaches to interact with each other. Um, Jessica and Shara both have gotten busy schedules, so they've dropped off the um, lineup of moderators, but we have a team of moderators that join us and help run it. Um, Kenny happens to be one of those. Uh, some of the experiences that came from just using Twitter, I guess I'd have to reference back to the two books I wrote. I, neither one of those were books that um, I would have written myself. I connected with others on Twitter. We started to have some conversations around the topic that we were passionate about. Uh, we, ne we never really met in person to really get to know each other, but we have um, been able to write a couple books. I love the Twitter chat. You know, if we can't jump on right when they're happening, even just to go back through the threads and read you know, what other coaches out there are talking about, what trends we're seeing in coaching. And last night, one of my great takeaways was us working together as a community of coaches and really checking in on each other and using each other to bounce ideas off of is just such a powerful tool. And Twitter makes it so accessible. I know a lot of educators are hesitant at first to get on Twitter, but I have not met anyone once they're on it that hasn't regretted it because the ability to network right from your couch or your cell phone is unbelievable. I know you have tons of things in the works. Where can we learn more from you and with you? And where can we follow you? Uh, well, I, my website is kathyperrett.org. I'm on Twitter at Kathy Perrett. Um, Kenny and I will be doing some writing on coaching coming up um, on coaching beyond academic support um, for the Achieve the Core peers and pedagogy. Uh, Kenny and I will both be presenting at the TLC conference, Jim Knight's conference, and that is online this year. I'm starting to do some on-site training, um, and I still love to virtually coach coaches and school leaders. Um, and Kenny and I have a Facebook group right now that we are uh, discussing our book, so anyone can jump in. Uh, that Facebook group will continue on past the discussion so that it can be another community for coaches. Yeah, the name of that group is Compassionate Coaching for Educators. And so we just started our book discussion this week, but the if you want to join in on the book discussion, it's going to run until mid-October. And so you can just search for Compassionate Coaching for Educators on Facebook. Um, you can find more about me at kennycmckee.com. And that is also my my Twitter handle. It's Kenny C. McKee. I have to remember the C um, because Kenny McKee was not available when I got on Twitter <laughs> and when I forgot my website. So there's a C. That's my middle name, Charles. Um, I'll also, in addition to the work that Kathy and I, we do have a couple different things coming up together. In addition to that, I'll also be presenting at Coach Fest, which is a conference and retreat in the Smoky Mountains of North Carolina. It is amazing. The brainchild of our friend Mia Pumo, um, who is um, over in uh, constructive learning design here in North Carolina. And she is uh, definitely an awesome coach of coaches and someone who's designing a lot of great um, PD to train coaches. Um, at Coach Fest, I'll be giving a keynote on making your coaching energizing, as well as um, leading a presentation on one of the topics from our book, uh, which is coaching through isolation. 
Well, you guys, I'm not sure that you sleep, but you are providing such amazing resources to coaches and educators and administrators. And we so appreciate all that you're putting out there and sharing and helping us stay connected. Um, I know that Courtney and I both have found so many amazing coaches to work with and add to our PLN through through EduChat and through your Twitter chat. And so we appreciate that and love to jump in and hope that our listeners will jump in as well, that we can all start a conversation. And in that light, we're going to kind of switch to our rapid fire question. So roughly in 30 seconds or less, um, we'll let um, Kathy, you start and Kenny wrap up for each question. Can you tell us what is your tagline or your bumper sticker for coaching? Uh, I guess mine would have to be that everyone deserves a coach. Um, I think coaches deserve one, uh, teachers and school administrators and so on. I love it. Our, our, our motto always is every coach needs a coach. So we're very in tune here with you. I love it. <laughs> Kenny, what about you? Mine is focus on better practice, not best practice. Um, because once you think something is best, you have a fixed mindset. I love, oh, I love that. <laughs> that may have to be our motto for this year. We're moving into a new model. And I think that might just hit it hit me right here. I feel like it should be on the back of your t-shirt, right? I'm just, yep. <laughs> let's find the better model. It's all about that continuous improvement, not about perfection, right? Oh, right. huge. Okay, give me one more, one more zinger here. I know you both will. What is your secret coaching superpower or your go-to move? Um, I guess mine would have to be listen, listen, and listen some more and just have that generous, genuine curiosity um, when working with teachers and coaches and school administrators. Jim Knight often talks about this as being the witness of the good, and there's just so much good out there in the world in schools, and that's what we have to watch for. Yeah, and I would say that mine is when in doubt, ask a question. Asking a question is never the wrong move. Absolutely. Those are both amazing things to put into our toolbox. And we appreciate you guys sharing with us. And we hope that we'll be able to keep you and connect with you future in our PLN and um, be able to join you for some of your future endeavors. Well, thanks awesome. so much for having us. Thank, Thank you so you much. For your time. If you're interested in learning more about compassionate coaching, be sure to pick up your copy today. Thanks for listening and be sure to follow us on Twitter at C3 Coaches. C3, connecting coaches, cognition. Whose thinking will you mediate today?